Hello and welcome to I Spit on Your Grids, the Celluloid Screams 2021 Special Edition. It's me, Mercer, as always, joined by my beautiful, beautiful co-host, Faye Ellis. Get it wrong at the time. As always. As always. And uh, Christopher Tools. I think Christopher Ellis. It's Christopher to Ellis. I think you're fine. Hello. How are you, Mercer? Well, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah. Um, I am not going to lie. My body hates me right now. Like, legitimately hates everything about me. Right. Can, can I make an honest observation? Like, maybe your, like body, no, maybe your body wouldn't hate you if you didn't pile it with a bottle of wine the day after a four-day festival where we did nothing but drink. Maybe your body was looking for a little bit of a, a break. It didn't have a full bottle. Just some. How much is Not some? Maybe like a quarter of a bottle, if that. Dear. Well, that's a true story. <laughs> anyway, um, my body is also wrecked, and but just sleep deprived in general. Like I had a lot of sleep after the festival, but I still am absolutely knackered and dozing at every opportunity. I mean, yeah. I had a lot of sleep during the festival. You did have a lot of sleep during the festival. We'll come to that later. My willy has interrupted a lot of our sleep. <laughs> yes, uh, Chris was gracious enough to look after our child during the festival. And by our child, I mean the dog that we've adopted. <laughs> You've all seen Willy. You've all seen how gorgeous he is. Um, it, was, it was no chore coming onto that face, was it? It was no, it, it was worth missing all those films. It was a, worth missing this amazing lineup. <laughs> to be fair, I've, I thought I'd see, seen a lot less than I have and looking for it, the stuff I saw while I was here and seen at previous festivals means I've probably seen a good 70%, 60-70% of the lineup at least. So the rest of the stuff I think is being pretty much picked up elsewhere because I didn't see the big hitters. I didn't see Antlers, Titan. And I didn't see wow. Lamb either, which I'm absolutely gutted about. But I know that Antlers has got a cinema release this Friday, as you're listening to the podcast. Lamb, I believe, is scheduled for a December nationwide release as well. And also Titan, I can't believe, won't be picked up yeah. and released. So I'll be amazed if I don't get to see all the ones I missed at some point. And we will try to make this episode as spoiler-free as possible. But you know how we get. We go off on tangents, so there might be a little Freudian slip here and there in regard to the plots and whatnot. But we will try and keep it that way in case you want to go out and see these awesome films. How do you want to dig into this? I think the best way is just to plough through them in date and time order. Okay. Um, so on the first night then, on the Thursday, we had Antlers, which was amazing i thought um we see mercer tightening his lips we'll get to that mercer don't worry you'll get your say i thought antlers was incredible um from the first time i saw the trailer i pegged it as a cross between the ritual and the boy which i found was pretty much spot on from what i'd watched um i thought the atmosphere in it was amazing the tiny little steve's arm boy was incredible and I loved the direction it went in. Obviously, you can see what direction it's going to go in 
but I think the payoff is fucking ace. Mercer, you know, the yin to my yang. Go ahead. To be fair, I wasn't on board with Atlas, but also we should factor in the fact that I think I might have drank a lot before watching Antlers. Um, so I spent the first like 10 minutes just going, is that Kerry Russell? Is that Kerry Russell? Just to myself. Um, not, to, not just to yourself. Then, oh, and, and to other people, yeah, because it were important that I found out, even though it were clearly Kerry Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of got a little bit bored. So opt- opted to go to sleep or passed out. As somebody who didn't go to sleep or pass out, I can tell you that Antlers is absolutely worth the watch and as soon as that gets released please go see it because it's so good it's just so so good um we then had for the second film of the day well i said the day the evening the deep house which as a concept is really fucking clever but it didn't quite pay off for me as it did for some people i know that some people were felt um feeling what's the word like claustrophobic and a little bit panicky because it was all filmed underwater. The, the basic premise is that there's a haunted house underwater and they go under to explore it. And, you know, it visually it does look cool. I will say that. I think it looks really good. And because it's all submerged in water, it does make for some interesting takes on what you would normally see on land in terms of seeing ghosts and jump scares and stuff. It does it really, really well. The problem for me was the actor's voice sounded like a video game character. And it, it was kind of like you were in a first person 2004 Halo video game. Okay. And that didn't quite work for me. I will watch it again because I think there were some bits I missed for nodding, but we blame that on age, not on drink. And um, I'd like to go back and see how it is as a whole effect because what I did see... I, I guess it. I'm not. It wasn't the worst, but it also wasn't the best. I definitely want to revisit it because underwater films do freak me out normally. Uh, unfortunately, once again, I fell asleep. And there's no point in doing this episode, is there? Everyone's just going to be <laughs> asleep or away. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, this was another one of the ones I I miss. I'm gutted because I was really looking forward to this one as well. So the next day on the Friday, we started off with ultrasound, uh, which I didn't catch at Friday Fest and was so happy to catch it here because, oh my God, how good is ultrasound? I mean, I came out of there feeling so dumb, might I add, because I'm thinking, uh, did I actually get any of that? <laughs> I don't, see, I don't, without wanting to give it away, I don't think it's as layered as people or complicated as people actually think. It is. I don't. It's, it don't think it's necessarily co- necessarily complicated, but I think it's the way that the story is presented. It doesn't just. It doesn't just follow through. It obviously takes left and right turns and brings back things from the past. So I think just the the structure of the story is what made it a bit complicated for me. But I still ran yeah. with it, and I still thought it was excellent. I may agree with you. I think I don't think it's very linear in its narrative, and it, I, what I like is it doesn't immediately try to explain to us some of the things that we get to see so you're a bit like I don't fully understand but then obviously as the film goes on we we get to understand uh, like why what we're seeing 
why our reality is different to their reality sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, I love it. It's it was one of my favourites from Fright Fest, and it's one of my favourites from this one as well. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It's is really good. It's really well acted. The the main guy in it, whose name completely escapes me. Main guy man. Main guy man. That's his name. That's his that's his stage name. Main guy man. He is he's really strong. But all the performances across the board are really strong. I say the story is really good. I don't I don't think it's as cl as clever as it thinks it may be. And thing is as well, I don't really want to go into the plot of it because I think it's far better to go in this blind because I didn't know anything about it going in at all. I think it's impossible to go into the plot without giving away spoilers. I, I couldn't even begin to explain the plot. <laughs> Just watch it. It's a, it's a treat to watch. But yeah, no. but then you talk about it. We struggle to explain simple plots when we come to our film choices, I don't I don't think we're going to be able to crack this one if we had a go at it. Um, the next one that we saw, Tin Can, is probably the only dud of the festival for me um, because I hated it. I absolutely hated it. Uh, it's set in the future and I think this woman is getting harvested for her body to progress the robot overtaking. Am I getting that wrong? Or? I've, I've no idea. I don't... I, I could understand where you where you went to with that because later on in the film it does appear that there appears to be some kind of android robot overtaking. Again, it's really hard to talk about these films without getting into spoiler territory. Although I agree with you, this was also not particularly strong, and I got bored fairly quick. I stuck with it, stuck with it for a while. I tried my best to actually go stay. Yeah, stay we, we with stuck it. it out quite a what? Yeah, for a, I'd say a good seventy percent of the film. Because we, uh, for full disclosure, all three of us left. No, sorry, two of us. Two of us left this film. One of us stayed and hung around till the bitter end. Versa. No, I didn't make it to the bitter end, and I'm not bothered about spoiling this film for anyone because it's never going to get a release, so no one's ever going to see it because it's absolutely pants. It's about a virus. Which I totally got it wrong. It's like a fish virus. I don't know what it is. People start getting crustaceans growing on them. It's the like it's ugly. I have, I have no idea why this woman gets kidnapped and put in a portal for like seventy five percent of the film. It makes no sense. Um, and then she gets she out, gets and then suddenly she's a robot. And there's some babies involved or something. Oh yeah, babe, oh, yeah babies into a, a crushing machine. Um, here's the thing, right? So this film presented like like it, it presented a baby getting crushed. It also presented like a penis down a man's jap's eye, not a penis, a needle down a man's jap's eye. I was going to say that's that's a big fit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is, like, two things. Two things you would expect like an audience to kind of go, <gasps> at, but no, we didn't. And you know why? Because nobody gave a shit about what was happening on screen. I'm sorry, celluloid screams, but. This was like, like one of them films that, I mean, when they introduced it, they said, oh, some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. I really think they didn't understand that everyone was going to hate it. In my entire time of going to celluloid, and I think it's coming up 10 years, it might even be 10 years of going, which is mental because it does not seem that at all. Um, there's only three films that I've really hated. One of them's Darling, obviously, uh, Excess Flesh and this. I think this is like, and so that says something over 10 years 
the three films that you hate. This is it. This is the only one I've left during because I was that bored. Yeah. There's I've I've I even I've stayed and watched the whole of Darling, and everyone knows my thoughts on that on that film. Not that the not that the performances in that film are awful. The actual idea of the film itself yeah. is uh, yeah. is not great. But yeah, this is the only one in the time that I've been going. I've gone. Because that's the thing. I look. I'm a man who like. Regardless, I will stick out a film. Paranormal Activity 4, I stayed in the cinema and watched the entire thing. I fucking hate that, the ending of that film. Yeah. Lovely Molly, fucking hate, hate that film. Again, stayed and watched the whole way through. This is the only one where I went, considering the fact that I was only going to be at the festival for a limited amount of time to see a limited amount of films, and even then, it was enough for me to go, no, you know what, this, I am, I am not interested in this enough and I'm going to go to the bar. Well, mm. luckily for you, um, next up was Off Season, which was significantly better than Tin Can. Mickey Keaton's Off yes. Season. I really enjoyed it. I didn't watch it this time round, um, but I did watch it at Friday Fest, and I really enjoyed Off Season for the most part, like 90% of it. I think the, the ending kind of lets it down a bit. Uh, basically, this girl has been contacted to say that a parent's grave has been vandalised, and she goes back to the town where it's situated and weird things start happening it's very twilight zone esque yes it's not it's not saying it's spoiling to say that they're saying that she's gone back and there's been a faustian kind of pact Mm. that's that's affecting the town and their town's fake it's it's perfectly fine it's not world changing it's really enjoyable watch the acting's really good and the direction's really good i say that's it's only 85 minutes or something long. I yeah. didn't get, I weren't sitting there bored at all during it. As you say, the ending is a little bit of a mess. As you sit there and go, okay, <laughs> this, it, this is completely out of tone with what the rest of, rest of the film is. And the final, end, the final ending bit makes no sense whatsoever why that actually happens. But you know what, for 85 minutes of perfectly entertaining diverting filmmaking yeah i actually quite enjoyed off season did you enjoy joy off season when you saw it mercer um i hate the ending of off season so much that it completely ruins the entire film for me off season off season yeah <laughs> i'm from old fair that's how we speak we had no, haters and drop <laughs> were, were, were you watching the day were you watching the david hasselhoff horror is that why we got confused <laughs> I, want, I actually now want to see Hoff season. The, it's, the a, it's about David Hasselhoff being made into a spice, and then the spice gets put into the food. Oh my makes... god! <laughs> David Hasselhoff possesses the spice heads of Sheffield by being killed and ground out and smoked. And you just end up on the floor drunk and eating cheeseburgers while your daughter shouts at you, just screaming abuse it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> So we'll get a kick. Is there anyone want to donate to my Kickstarter? This is, I, I, I'm going to say this again. This is another amazing idea that's come out of an episode. We've got so many that we've not followed through on. And, you know, one day we will follow through. One day. <laughs> Someone's out there making these now without our permission. We've ruined it. We've ruined yeah. the chances. Giving away ideas for free. Um, the next one up was We Need to Do Something which was one of my favourites of the festival. Right. I'm going to say, 
I really want to see this. If either of you spoil this film for me, this may be the end, oh, end of the oh, podcast. I'm literally just going to give a plot in that it's uh, Pat Healy, who we love, um, last from Hocus Pocus, and those two and their children are stuck in a bath. Well, they've holed up in a bathroom during what they think is a tornado or a storm and weird things start to happen. It, I'm not going to say anything else about it because it it flips halfway through to something I was not expecting and does it so fucking well. Um, the performances are amazing. The script is amazing. It's filmed brilliantly. I, I, well, I praise all the praise on this film. I can't give any praise to this film or any hate because I made uh, the adult decision to continue drinking in the bar instead of going into the film. I have no idea what it's about. So we're going to leave that one. We're going to leave that one and we can talk about it a bit next episode once Chris has seen it or talk about it when Chris has seen it because it definitely deserves some discussion. It's such an original idea, I think. It is available now on digital viewing. So I've seen today, I've had a look. It is available on Amazon for $4.99 should you wish to rent it and check it out, which I definitely will be doing this week. Yes, we will. And then we can talk about it because you'll want to talk about it because it's such a good film. Um, the Cellulose Secret film this year was The Banquet, which I've heard many good things about. However, my old age took its toll. And I needed sleep and I couldn't be dealing with a slow burn. And apparently it is a slow burn at a time of night. So I made the wise decision to duck out and get some sleep. But it is available, I believe, or it will be through Grimfest Digital. Did you say Grimfest? Abattoir. Abattoir, sorry. Abattoir's digital version has got this as part of it. It's also got We're All Going to the World's Fair, which I'm also interested in Mm. checking out. And anyone who's going to Abattoir, I hope you have a super time. I know yes. that Darren underscore Gaskill and Scared Sheepless, Caitlin will both be, and Hayley will be there as yes. well. So, as I say, the physical version's in a couple of weeks for Abattoir, and the online version is that weekend as well, I believe. So there's a few good films on the digital version that work worth checking out. Mercer, dare I ask, did you do the secret film? I mean, I, I should know, even though you were sat at the side of me, but I went home. So... With the secret film, <gasps> I heard a lot of talking about it, but probably less talking about the secret film and more people talking about the ungodly snores that were um, coming from the back of the auditorium, um, which I would like to apologise to everyone for. Because once again, <laughs> I drank, literally, so I drank through off-season, the one that was after it, um, and... The, through the breaks, I was thinking like I was canning pints, like there's no tomorrow. So yeah, I fell asleep, drunkenly fell asleep. Uh, I had several people physically shake me to try and wake me up. Um, and I would like to apologize to everyone for that. But I apparently- think I, I think I deserve up. the most apology if I'm quite honest, because I was trying to save you. I was trying to get that drink right out of your hand and you would not give up that drink. You were holding on to that for dear life. So I think I deserve an apology more than anything. What I will say, though, is for someone who was such a mess, once the film finished, I managed to go up, get up, and go out until 5am in the morning. Well, you had a disco nap, didn't you? That's why. This is going to make for a really fun, interesting 
episode, by the way. <laughs> we I seen, didn't see any films. I was drunk. I left. I was tired. I was looking after a dog. We see where we have, we see a really professional film living outfit. Just like it's like like I fell asleep. I was drunk. I didn't bother going. But I will I will be catching the banquet because I heard good things about it. So I will be catching it. A banquet. A banquet. My apologies. Uh, we then move on to the Saturday and it kicked off with Mad God, which was a film 30 years in the making. 35 or so, I think. fucking hell. It, it was a film. <laughs> it shows. I mean, it absolutely shows. The film itself wasn't for me. Um, didn't quite draw me in, but damn, it looked impressive. And I cannot even begin to imagine where you would start. It was stop motion the whole way through uh, by Phil Tippett, the dinosaur. I'm going to call him Dinosaur Wrangler. The, di- the dinosaur. He had super- one job, Phil Tippett. Dino- dinosaur supervisor. <laughs> I'll dress it up. See, the, the issue I have with this, because I, I, amazingly, it's one of the films I did see. I know Rob introduced and he said, look, this hasn't got a typical narrative. It's more of a film you just experience. And, it's like, and that was a generous way of saying it's a little bit of a mess, right? Because the first 30 minutes of it, where it does have a narrative, where there's a, an individual who appears, has an ancient map and appears to be in search of some artefact, and he's working his way through this, this stop-motion planet, is, is great. It's really, really impressive, as I say. And all the work with the stop motion stuff looked absolutely amazing. And I can follow it. I can go, okay, I don't know this guy. There's no dialogue. But at least I've got this narrative that there is actually this man and he's trying to get the this area. Yeah. But after the first 30 minutes or so, it seems like that's where the first batch of this is idea and this is the film I'm making ended. And then it seems as if he's gone back to it periodically as he's over these 35 years. And not and just kind of gone, oh, this will be cool. And whatever's in his head to do at that time, he's added on. So rather than carrying with that narrative, it seems to be that he's gone back and not watched or revisited what he's made before and just made something that was in his head at the time. So I while think, it looks yeah. amazing and impressive, the other hour of it, it's so disjointed. It's kind of hard. It's hard. It's easy to be impressed by. It's really hard to love. I think, and that's the that's the curse of doing it over that period of time, because he was going back to it periodically to do it up, wasn't he? So I think you can lose your way a bit in terms of what your original concept was, um, especially moving with the times as well, because what you might have thought of thirty years ago might not be as relevant now. So you, the things you're adding will jar with each yeah. other given the time difference. One of our group was saying it was like where you when you're at school or. And you write a story and you have to write one word and then turn the page over and then someone else writes another word. Yeah. And they said yeah, that's yeah. how the film came across. And to be fair, that's probably more succinct than we can, uh, yeah. we can do with it. Yeah. But still, absolutely impressive. That's amazing. Yeah. That's absolutely spectacular. And, and the talent that's gone into it as well is ridiculous. That's the thing. If you gave me each of those sections as like a five minute or five or ten minute short, I sit and go, finish it, watching it, and go, applaud and go, that, that looked great, that was really impressive, but give me an hour of that, and I'm like, well, this is just a mess. I see what you're saying, um, but yeah, I mean, again, watch it just purely to see 
how incredible it looks. Um, we then moved on to an old familiar in the form of Event Horizon, which was incredible. Oh my God. That was mental to see on a big screen. I fucking loved every minute of it. Awesome. Although I do, re- I mean, we can spoil Event Horizon because everyone's seen Event Horizon, right? Be fair, if right, you haven't yeah. seen, if you, uh, there's, there's always one of those things, there's a statute of limitations with films. But in fact, I think the fact that the <clears throat> amount of time that Event Horizon has been out, if you've not seen it yet, you really can't blame us for discussing it or spoiling <laughs> it. You've had ample time to go and watch the film. Yes, absolutely. Um, Event Horizon is a crew, if you didn't know, where they've been sent uh, to recover another ship that's been lost in space. Yeah. Like They've gone to recover the Event Horizon. Yes, it's been lost deep in space for a number of years. Um, but when they are sent to find the ship and they do find it, things are horribly, horribly wrong. And things have been, yeah, the, yeah. It, it's, a, it's fucking incredible. It was incredible to watch. And I such a blast with it. Yeah, not, I'm not going to argue with that. Event Horizon is one of, uh, as I say quite often with most films, it's one of my favourites. Uh, but um, it was such a treat to get to watch it on a big screen. And it kind of like there's some dodgy like effects in there like that are very relevant to like the time it was made. But overall, it really holds up. It does um, absolutely. It looks amazing. The performances are so much better than what I remember. Like every everybody in that film is incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe with the exception of that little bear, but leave baby bear alone. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. Uh, we can also use this film to get Faye's Twilight Zone connection, if you would like oh, me to, because it stars Kathleen Quinlan, who played Helen in the Twilight Zone, the movie. Da-da-da, got my connection. Um, this was the film that was picked by the audience. So Celluloid, if you remember from a few episodes ago, we're running um, films against each other and it basically came down to the one winner and the one winner was Event Horizon would absolutely love to see this next year as well just a whole bunch of films being pitted against each other and not, the winner not Event Horizon again <laughs> just... not Event Horizon a <laughs> oh. whole bunch of new films I am I am now immediately putting, putting my flag in staking my claim flying the flag for Jason Goes to Hell the final Friday Liza would not I would like to see on the big screen next year. Is that in 3D? I don't think so. No, because I've I had the v- I had the VHS of it and I don't remember there being any reference to 3D on it. I would like to put my suggestion in for Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 Dream Warriors, please. Oh god, what a cliche. You're a cliche. <laughs> Why is that a cliche? It isn't a cliche. Like I'll put my suggestion in for um I ain't got one. I can't think crow. Carry three. Oh, carry two the rage. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah. I fucking love I love carry two the rage. I, I, make, I make no apologies for it. Sorry. Urban legend bloody Mary. No. Oh god, no. Worst film ever. I hate this. How, how how bad can we go? We're not going bad. We want good films. Well, we want well, we watched the bad film club recently. <laughs> Oh my god, what did we watch it? See, that's the thing, we can't even remember what we watched. That Lindsay Lohan one where she's just where she's green screened. Yeah, I'll be the one. Where she does it through Zoom. Anyway, 
Uh, we then moved on to broadcast signal intrusion, which I've seen before, so I didn't catch it again. Um, I wasn't a fan of Fright Fest for most, like for the last part, but for most of it, it was all right. Um, it, and everyone said this, which is absolutely true. It trips itself up and it backs itself into a corner with the story, so it doesn't know where it wants to go. Um, and it struggles to get out of that, so that it ends up being a little bit nuts towards the end, but not fun nuts, more like, well, we did this, so this is like, well, that doesn't make sense, you know? See, I broadcast signal intrusion is two-thirds of a really good film. The whole premise around urban legends and where they come from and the kind of paranoia and kind of Mel Gibson payback stuff, not payback, what's the um, conspiracy theory with Mel Gibson? Conspiracy, isn't conspiracy it? theory is it, is it conspiracy theory. There you go. Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> the conspiracy theory style with broadcasting the intrusion and where they come from and him hunting down the original source and investigating the urban legend. That stuff is really, really good. But the problem is he goes and he's chasing around and he's making phone calls and he's visiting people. And then it's on about the 18th time of him doing that. You realise you've been watching him here for about 35 minutes, running around and making phone calls and visiting people and then making phone calls. And then the film ends. He likes and making you phone calls, doesn't he? Yeah. This, if it's sponsored by BT, if it was a BT <laughs> advert, I would not be surprised. But and just to say as well, the urban legend part is not like the urban legend you think it is. Um, it's based on something that actually happened in the 80s um, where... I think it was a, a, a... People hacked into a TV. Yeah, we doing Max Headroom. It was a Max Headroom thing, wasn't it? And people hacked yeah. into it and gave a message and no one knew where it came from. Um, so it is based on that. But yeah, quite rightly, 70% good. Yeah, he he, yeah. Ru he, he runs around a lot at the end and then it ends. And in the same way as the Family Guy Blair Witch Project <laughs> clip, it's like, it's ended. A lot of people look pissed. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we then move on to uh, one of my favourites of the festival. It was always going to be, we know it were, because I'm a whore for A24, we know I am, at Lamb. Oh my God, it was beautiful, <laughs> beautiful and distressing and bizarre, fucking weird, gorgeously shot. I just, I, I'm not good, I cannot go into Lamb too much because I don't want to ruin it for anybody it's something that you just have to go into and you just have to I think it were as Polly said just let it wash over you and just go with it because it's fucking insane and I oh I can't wait for Chris to see this one because it's mental it's so mental I think this is one that's super important that you don't watch the trailer or read anything about it because the trailer is full of spoilers so like try not to do that yeah, um, I wasn't as enamoured with Lamb. Mm. Um, it didn't really resonate that well with me, and I just didn't really care. Well, the, the thing with it is, I got into my head throughout the whole way through, as I'm sure most people did, that it was going in a certain direction. Um, and you, you kind of knew what you were going to see, but when you saw what you saw, it was still a bit of a mind fuck <laughs> I was like yeah that's, that's odd but even like it's still even knowing that I thought right well this is obviously going to happen 
And then the end, I was like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? Where did that come from? And oh, God, I love it. Cannot wait to see it again. And that's funny because your what the fuck was very different to my what the fuck, where we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Seriously? This is the I can't I can't talk. Um, we'll talk more once it's had a release and people have seen it and stuff. But fucking, you have to see this film. It is batshit mental, and I love it. I mean, yes, I do recommend people watch it. I think I think on a second watch, I might appreciate it more because mm. um, because I now, now that you know, like now that I know, I won't be like, oh, what the fuck? Because I know yeah. what the fuck it is. Um, so. And I think when you know what you know as well, it does, it, you can see why things happen earlier. Just got to say, anyone who's listening to this segment, this is not a riddle, even though it sounds like it is. <laughs> oh, we're doing this. It's like we're, it's like we're presenting a riddle all of a sudden. Well, you yeah, know no. if you know what you we know. Just trying to be respectful. That's all. Just trying to be respectful. Um, and then the final film of the night was Advent Calendar, again, which I'd seen before and absolutely adored, and we did cover that before. My film of Fright Fest yes. this year. Yes, incredible film, so much fun, and, like, a really good midnight showing as well, I think. I think it's a really fun film to watch late at night. Definite good choice for a final film of the night, mm. kind of. I don't mean this in a negative way, but because a lot of people will have been drinking all day, sometimes a subtitle film can be a little bit much for them because their eyes aren't as focused. Uh, but Advent Calendar, I think, is it packs such a punch, mm. I think, that like it kind of wakes you up a bit. Yes. Uh, it doesn't sober you up, though. But it doesn't sober that, you um, up. No, but it will wake you up a bit. But I do know people who did struggle because they were a bit drunk, so they mm. couldn't actually focus properly to read the subtitles well that's on them and not on anything well, else i'd say no that's what i'm saying but i think like you know a, a, a midnight film needs to be like that but i do sometimes think maybe it needs to be um something that you don't have to focus fair enough yeah fair enough. oh we then move on to the last day which was really sad because this festival seemed to be over in the blink of an eye and i wish it'd go on longer every year but you know we i don't think Rob and Polly and Lucy's heart would take it, bless them. We all stress to get under with it. We want them to go week long abattoir. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we started off with Nocturna. Oh, fucking hell. Um, I I wasn't prepared for Nocturna because I, I, it, it's basically a film touching upon dementia and it, I'll say no more. But, um, and if you, if you caught it at Fright Fest, you already know what this is about. But I may have dozed off for like 15 minutes at the beginning. And I thought I was, because it's the first film, I was shattered. Um, been up all night. I'd had Willie on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Spreading out. <laughs> keeping me awake. But anyway, um, so I, I dozed for about 15 minutes. And I thought, oh, I've missed quite a lot more than I had. And I hadn't at all. I'd only missed a tiny bit. So when... We're getting towards the end. I thought, well, what's all this emotion that everyone's talking about? Because everybody said at Fright Fest they were bawling their eyes out. And I'm like, I don't understand. I've not come across anything. That, I mean, it's, it's a sad story and, you know, it's really well done, but it's not really affecting me. And then there was this one scene and it just ruined me. And from that scene on, I was ruined right to the end, to the point where there were five of us in the toilet just crying on each other. 
like I because <laughs> Kate came in as well Tiki Cambridge um, she was the worst bless her she was devastated I understand why it was a, it's a horribly devastating film um, and I saw her like that as well at Fright Fest after Slap Face where we were like we all just needed a hug we all just needed a bit of oh come here bring it in so yeah five of us in a toilet crying See, for a film for me it's I saw it at Fright Fest this year again and the same kind of reaction people in genuine pieces afterwards really technically well done really performances great a little bit slow for me in places and while I can see what it was doing and why people reacted the way they did for me it didn't connect on that kind of emotional level the way it did for everyone else and that's fair enough because you're dead inside um you weren't the only person who um felt this way though they were um sketchy plus also didn't cry so you're not on your own i'm only kidding you're not dead inside really but I, it's something it affects some people it doesn't affect others and that's absolutely fine oh wow such a mess i weren't actually this uh i think after after the trauma that i went through watching happy face I don't think a film will ever make me cry again. Uh, but no, there was it was it's a moving film. It is quite emotional. It didn't pack the same punch for me. But also, I think what kind of damaged that for me was everybody telling me in advance that it's going to make me cry. Well, I, I still got that warning, and I, I still wasn't prepared because I didn't think I was going to be affected by it. But I'm arrogant, aren't I? So if well, someone tells me someone's going to do something, I'm going to try and make sure it doesn't. Yeah. Um, but. It didn't. It just didn't have the same. But it's. I think it's fantastic. I'd never found it slow. Um, I did get a little confused because I. I weren't fully. Oh, I didn't fully understand like why there was, like certain introductions into the film, like the neighbor. I didn't fully understand the need for that. I don't know. How it was relevant to the rest of the film. Right. Um, but it was a really good film. Yeah, I mean, we can all agree on that. Yeah, oh, it's definitely worth definitely worth checking out. And I know he's got. I was I was chatting. I think it was to Mitch, our good friend Mitch from Soho Horror Festival. Tickets still available for Soho Horror Festival. Not a lot, wants. though. Not, Not a lot. lot. Yeah, so. a lot of tickets went over this weekend. So if you are planning on going, don't hang around and pick up your ticket. I think there's only about five or something left. So yeah. But anyway, oh, Four. Oh, there you go. Four. So I was chatting to him about it. And there's there's a nocturne, there's a part three or part two of this. Side B. Side B, which is told from the wife or the daughter's point of view, yeah. I think he said. He said it's only about 30 minutes long. Oh, okay. And it, it, it's a completely different take on it. It's not like this at all, but it'll be interesting to see that probably and see what that adds to it or whatever. That's, a cool, that's actually a cool concept thing to do, isn't it? Like, not have a full feature of it, but just have it. From what I remember in my conversation with him, I'm pretty sure he said it's about 30, only about 30 minutes or so long. Okay. Um, we were... minutes. Oh, the second, okay, fair enough. Then we were, we were, <laughs> I was misled. Misled <laughs> by that bastard. Don't buy tickets for his festival. <laughs> I'm joking, buy them. An hour and seven minutes, though, is still considerably shorter than Nocturna is. So our next one for the day, I will let Chris introduce and talk about because, um, yeah, it was one of your best cinema experiences yes, ever. it was amazing. 
I know, I know Mercer's equally excited to see it and equally enjoyed it. It was the anniversary screening of the director's cut of the absolutely spectacular Little Shop of Horrors. It was a blast. It was, it was everything I wanted it to it, be. It was such, like, honestly, one of the best screenings I've ever been in. I sang. I cried. Yep. I went, <laughs> me and Mercer went to the bar to get another round of drinks. <laughs> 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 it's planned very wisely on um, probably my least favorite song in the film. Even though everything about the film is fantastic, but you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna duck out, that's where you want to duck out. I'll not say what song it were because people might hate me. Somewhere that's green. Hey, there's nothing um, wrong with somewhere that's green. It's one of the best songs in there. Song. It's a fine song, and she's fucking amazing. Uh, but yeah. And it was, I loved it because I've never seen the director's ending before. So I've, I've seen the stage play. I've even been in the stage play, darling. But I've never actually seen the film version with the director's cut ending. Mm. Um, I, I fucking love it. It was such a joy. And I, I know that sounds cheesy as shit, but it was an absolute joy to hear everyone laughing and singing along and like we even started whooping after songs at one point because it just felt like you needed to it wasn't a stage play but we were no. like Whoa! and uh poor man not poor mitch but mitch uh scout the horizon said he was getting it in surround sound from you two so yeah chris on this side singing <laughs> and you on that side singing. <laughs> well he said he thought you were mumbling into your glass i'm like no we have been singing it don't worry it'll be singing every word um, I didn't want to disturb too many people, so there were times, there were times I was mouthing, mouthing along more than giving it full throaty gusto yeah. that I could have done. Well, Mercer didn't care about that, obviously, and just went for it. Well, I actually did behave. I sang a little bit. Uh, I, I did get a little bit excited, though. So yeah. it's really difficult to not sing out loud to things that you know, um, especially when you really love them. And Little Shop's yeah. my favourite musical. Um, in general so it, it was such a treat um, I just I really wish that like it was a proper sing-along though and everybody like full-on did it like it would have been awesome if they'd have just like had like you know like the sing-along films with the bouncy words yeah on yeah to encourage people to sing but I think um, there were enough people bouncing around to make up for it and you know people were trying to be respectful but you know Rob did say we could sing along so we did yeah. we did for some of it but it was um it was when Bill Murray popped up that just everyone was going crazy with laughter. It was amazing to hear. I know it sounds cheesy, do you know what I mean? But it's easy. it just felt so incredible. It's easy to forget the talent involved. Because obviously, you know, you think Rick Moranis, you think of Steve Mine, and then you forget that John Candy's in there, Bill yeah, Murray's in yeah, there. Yeah. Brilliant film. Yeah. So that was that was a highlight for me. That was the and probably Chris's yeah, favourite thing of the festival. That was definitely my heart. That, I'd say not just this festival, that's probably my favourite film screening I've been in at any point. We then moved on to Hellbender. Well, we didn't because we are being respectful of our best friend and watching that at Soho Horror Fest instead. And the bar uh, was stopping food at five, so we had to go get food. Um, so we'll cover Hellbender when we go to Soho. And then the next one up was When I Consume You, uh, which again... Involved our very good friend Mitchell Bain, a score in it, which was fucking phenomenal. It was an amazing film. We had heard before going into this that it wasn't Perry Blackshear's usual 
film usual kind of thing yeah but I didn't find that at all I thought the relationship he brought between the brother and sister was just as strong as any relationship I've seen him cover in the past I thought the story was a fantastic take on something that we've watched a hundred times over it just it feels different and I've got to get I've got to give props to Mitch because the score was so fucking good and complimented it so well that sometimes it weren't that you didn't notice it were there but it just kind of was it was around it was like bleeding into the scene do you know what I mean yeah so it, 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 it was part of the scene rather than like an extra that right, kind of yeah. yeah yeah it awesome film awesome awesome film um if you don't know what it's about, it's uh, so basically um, there is a brother and sister and they are kind of codependent on each other and she helps him out when he's got some troubles and whatnot. And, oh, I don't want to spoil it, but she, she it, it, it looks like she's committed suicide, but he doesn't believe that she has because she comes back as a ghost to try and find out how she died. And that, that's as much as I'll say. Um, but please check it out because it's absolutely brilliant. It's it's his usual standard. Yeah, to be fair, they, incredible look, like, they look like people. The Rosaka or The Siren, is it? Good. Yeah, yeah. Now, both amazing films. So I'm, as I say, unfortunately, I didn't get the check this one out. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing this as well at some point. And it's got usual McLeod Andrews in there as well, doing his amazing work, as he always does. Yeah, I've got to say, like, one thing that's nice is that, that um, Perry does read, like, he does use, like, a lot of the same cast members from his previous work. So, you know, it's got the lead, Evan Dumosha, um mm. from They Look Like People, yes. and Margaret Dean Drake as well from They Look Like People. Um, mm-hmm. So it's nice to see that because... I don't know. I just it makes you think that it's a really positive work environment. It's yes. Like go back and like that's a nice thing. It's it's not like a Rob Zombie situation where you have to have your wife in it and everyone. He's wow. he's actually have talent. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. I like I love, I love Sherry Moon Zombie. I've just seen some tripe on social media about it. That was clearly a day at my choice for a Halloween. Absolutely isn't. Absolutely isn't. I just like an episode in advance. You fucking manipulator. I just think if you're gonna have your wife in your film, absolutely do it. And I love Sherry Moon Zombie, but you don't have to get ass out in every film. I don't have to. I've seen her ass. It's a good ass. I don't need it in every film though. Maybe she wants to get it out in every film. Have you ever thought? Well, she shouldn't. She shouldn't. Why? It's her body, her choice. Talking of bodies and choices. Not that it's a choice, I don't think. Uh, we come on to the final film, the closing gala, which was Titan. That's how I'm pronouncing it, right? French? I think Titan. so, because it's French, yeah. Yes. Again, absolutely batshit. I mean, I'm going to be the only one talking about this because Mercer gave up 10 minutes in saying it bored him 10 minutes 10 minutes mercer don't try and tell me it's longer when it wasn't mate it was a lot longer than 10 minutes Um, it was not it was a lot longer than 10 minutes i actually and i'm gonna sound like such a fucking prude but i don't mean to be 
I kind of found it just a little bit like Fulgo. In what way? Um, it like just the whole I don't know it just to me it just felt very overtly sexual and I just didn't appeal to me if you have stayed to watch it that's not actually a massive theme that continues throughout the rest of the film it's there in the beginning to um catapult the story and you know it does what it needs to do but there aren't that many times during the rest of the film that I don't think it does get overtly sexual um I mean I, I was I was taking it wrong at first. I thought she was going to... Uh, again, let me give you a bit of a synopsis. So... <laughs> there is... It, it starts with a girl who's in a car crash and she um, is damaged so badly in this car crash that she has to have, like, reconstructive surgery where she has to have metal plates inside her to basically keep her going. And... Um, it seems that in later life that's led to some sort of fetish for, well, it, or some sort of objectum sexual path because uh, she starts to grind upon cars and she finds the whole metal and power element really attractive, I guess. Like the woman who married the Eiffel Tower? Yes, and I thought that's where it was going to go. I thought, well, I mean, I'm, I'm not so sure. It doesn't go in that direction. I'm not entirely sure what I watched for most of it because it was fucking batshit. It definitely needs a second watch so that I can get my head around what it is. And it kept, it, it kept me and Mitch hooked the whole way through to the point that when it was coming to the end and when we were finally finding out what was going to happen, we were on the edge of our seats watching it going, well, what's it going to be? What, where is this leading sort of thing um, I think to say that it's overtly sexual as a reason to not watch it is unfair because again I don't think that that's the direction it goes in at all and it, it does actually have quite some sort of touching themes in it about um, like embracing toxic relationships because it helps cope with grief it does, I, I know it sounds silly but it actually does, it's, it's a very layered film and that's why I think it does need a second watch. Are we promoting the embracing of toxic relationships? No, no. What I'm, saying, what, what I'm saying is, is that it touches upon that and you can sometimes see why people who might be grieving will embrace things like this to make themselves feel better. I'm not saying I support it. I'm just saying it touches upon it. It's got a lot of themes in there that are explored. Um, yeah. Again, like lamb, fucking batshit though. Absolutely crazy. To be to be fair, I feel like it's probably something I would prefer to watch on my own. Um, I'm very surprised but, at you finding it not vulgar. Do I do, do I say vulgar? Well, that... I, I'm using vulgar. I, I personally, genuinely, I just felt it to me. Just felt a little bit overtly sexual and I was just concerned that it was it was building its storyline based purely around this um very overtly sexual lady and I just thought it was my mind was like I'm not really in the mood to deal with a lot of sex okay that's it okay it just, it just wasn't appealing to me at all um and I'm not a prude you know, and I do watch stuff that has sexual content and I'm not, don't shy away from sexuality or sex, but I just 
wasn't feeling in the mood. So, is, is you know, like, is, basically. Oh, was it that you were just, feeling wine? Is that what you were feeling? I was feeling like I wanted a drink. No, I just weren't feeling it. I just wasn't, it didn't get me on board. From, from the beginning, I just weren't on board. Yeah. So even pre, like the like, you know, before the accident happens, where there is nothing sexual happening, yeah. um, I was just like, man, I'm not really buffered. Okay. Also, yeah, just yeah, just also it, what it just isn't right for me. No, I'm not gonna say what I'm gonna say because I can't. I don't know whether I believe it or not. I mean, I like raw, but I don't love raw like everybody else loves raw. Mm. Um and. You know, and I feel like it's just going to be the same. I think people either love this or hate this or are kind of indifferent. And I think I'm just going to be indifferent towards it. But I will check it out if I can do. Okay, um, fair enough. Fair enough. Probably on my own. Probably what? Just on my own. Okay. So I could that. Um, not really, not really. Uh, special mentions to the shorts. There were a lot of shorts, so we won't go into all of them. Um, but I guess if you want to give your top three shorts, then we could do that. Yeah. Yeah, I could go. I could, I could go for the three shorts I managed to see attached to the films. I'm giving you my number one shot right now. Go on. Freya was my number one. Which one was Freya? Freya was the one with the. The AI system oh. the, uh, where it dictates her, her life. Yes, a lot of commentary on uh, women and women auton autonomy. Is that the right word? Yeah, based that and the overbearing role of AI in our lives and what what we do and what we don't do and what and what society expects yeah, of us. And what essentially well, the, expects of women. And essentially what the state will will and won't allow. It's it's really, really good. Really good, yeah. Also, I'm just gonna give my three and then you can just give yours. Yeah. Man or tree. I loved man or tree. Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Only four minutes long, but packs so many gags and just a, just a really simple concept, but just so well it sums, it sums up the drug experience perfectly. And then the other one that I absolutely love that has completely escaped me by because I can't find the name of it. It's the prison one. The name. Please hold. Please hold. Please hold. Thank you very much, Versa. Again, which dictate has a lot to say on the role of AI and racism and the police state and is, again, absolutely brilliant. Um, in, in my top three, I would say I agree with Manotri. I thought that was absolutely phenomenal. So funny. I said phenomenal. It, it was just really fucking funny. Um, and then Lilius AD, I don't know if I'm saying that right, is, I've never been so angered by a short in my life and it's got a really important message at the heart of it so please do check that out that's incredible and then probably for my third one smiles i think i loved freya but we've already had it mentioned so i'm going to smiles because that was again really good yeah, but if you're picking your favorite three fair. then freya <laughs> i think freya over smiles then yeah freya over smiles the reason i'm saying that is because my top three three were freya mm. um 
my god, I've just I've just told you what it's called and now I forgot. Please hold please hold. Please. So Freya, please hold, and then guts because guts was hilarious. I think it's sea guts. Yes, but the the shorts again, as as they are every year, massively strong. They're never not strong. Um, and if you go on Celluloid Screams website, you can see the full list of them. And I think a lot of them are available to go and check out. So please do because they're amazing. Um, yeah, and that was Celluloid Screams twenty twenty one. I know we haven't given much away in talking about it, but look, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. You know. It has the thing is this year it's had some genuinely messed me up days, especially Sunday. I basically went from like crying to singing. My emotions were all over the place on Sunday because every film was just hitting a different beat. And I really liked that in terms of variety. Yeah, fantastic. But you know, thank you to Rob, thank you to Polly, thank you to Lucy, thank you to Claire, thank you to everyone from Cell because it's a fucking great time every year and I hate to see it go past so quick and it just it, it's basically what like kicks off my October I felt like I wasn't even there this year <laughs> next year we're going to get a dog sitter so that Willie can go spend some time over the weekend and then Chris can come and see stuff this is of no interest to you listener this is just us planning what we're going to do next year you're in our schedule Anyone who, anyone who missed seeing me this year and wondered where I was, don't worry, next year you will get to see me. I will be there. In the flesh, in, in the, the flesh. full. Larger, larger than life, I will be drinking a lot and Aye. generally making myself a nuisance to everyone. Uh, is there anything else you think we need to cover or is that it? I believe that's Cellulite Screams 2021 done, dusted, in the pocket. And now we just get to look forward to Soho 2021. Yes, we Somewhere do. Which is just round the corner, not far away at all. So thank you for listening. Um, we will be back next week with our favourite Halloween horror. We know that we didn't cover it for the past few weeks, so we do apologise for being away. But I was turning 40 and I wanted some downtime and some drinking time and some partying time. And we didn't feel it was fair to not come on here and give you our all, which we will be doing next week truth please follow us on the social so you know when this episode does come out or next next which one and can check out our previous ones you can find us at spit grays on both instagram and twitter where i spit in your grays on facebook if you need to email us for any reason you can contact us at electricpossums at gmail.com we're available on all good podcast subscribers podcast subscribers (laughs) is not the right word podcast platforms so you can find us on spotify anchor itunes most of them we are on and please don't forget to rate review and subscribe because every rate and review does help thank you very much so until next time being listener um see ya i can't believe you just stole my outro (laughs) bye bye bye